I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Trevor. He has post-concussion syndrome and essential tremor. Let's talk about it. Um, all right, we are sitting down with Trevor. Um, <clears throat> Trevor, are you in? Are you? You're in Manitoba, right? Planning to go turn all winter. Beautiful Manitoba. I was just there a couple of days ago. It was, uh, it was quite. Oh, yeah. uh, it's quite nice. I was, although I was in like just an industrial park, so there there wasn't really a whole lot going on. Uh, but but a really nice movie theater. So I saw I saw a wonderful film while I was in oh, town. Nice. Um, well, Trevor, really excited to have you with us today. Uh, we're going to be talking about. Uh, something that we're uh, like a little bit familiar uh, with, uh, something that we've talked about in the past, uh, post-concussion syndrome. But there's also something else kind of tagged onto this. It's like post-concussion syndrome with a side of essential tremor, which that I don't know so what? much about. Um, uh, Trevor, I guess, I guess to start this whole thing off, first of all, uh, please take a moment to introduce yourself. Uh, give our listeners a little bit of insight into who Trevor is and uh, and then maybe tell us um, where this all began the 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 origin story of the post concussion syndrome. For sure, thank you so much, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, so again, my name is Trevor. Uh, um, yeah, I live in Manitoba. I lived here my whole life. Um, love the full range of seasons. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Worked a bunch of different jobs, but uh, right now I, I work in a kind of in a field called career counseling. So uh, help people kind of figure out what they want to do with their their future. Um, in Dungeons and Dragons terms, I, I help people choose a character class for a living. <laughs> oh, that yeah. is oh, wow. cool. Oh, you're you're preaching to the choir right now. That is the coolest way to describe a job. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so you can really, bring everything back to Dungeons and Dragons. These, guys, <laughs> these two guys uh, will very much appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I ran land parties for nine years, so we can talk shop on that too. So, uh, um, but yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I've done a lot of different things, um, but um, and then about eleven, I guess, yeah, eleven months. Well, no, no, we're just getting it twelve months ago. So, but September fifteenth, um, yeah, yeah, I I received a concussion. Um, of all things, it was actually while attempting to buy an ergonomic chair. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a dangerous activity. I, yeah, so, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. I, didn't mean, I, I didn't mean to laugh at that, but there you, you is there is something really it's, funny about that sentence. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I received a concussion shopping for an ergonomic chair. It's, it's, it sounds like something out of like a sketch comedy. Thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, how, well, how the fuck? How? How on earth did that happen? Yeah. Well. Um, so I, I basically just went to a, to a store. I, I've, I've had some neck and back issues for a few years. I, I used to be a marathon runner and I used to be a weightlifter. And between those two things, you know, I have some issues for that. So I was going to get a chair. Um, and yeah, I ended up, uh, of all things, I just stood up and there was like sort of a conch or, or like a hard wooden overhang at kind of a right angle. And I got up and while well, kind of turning and just sort of turned directly into it with my temple. Oh, oh. Um, so it came across as a minor concussion. I'm it, it knocked my glasses off from one side. I like hit it hard enough and I sort of like staggered, but like, I'm a pretty hard extrovert. So I kept talking like, I, you know, <laughs> um, so throughout the whole thing and I wasn't like knocked unconscious, but I remember like sitting down and, mm. being, and then continuing to talk. And initially it wasn't that bad. Like it, it just, it really stung. And there was sort of a moment of maybe, uh, you know, like where I, I hit it and it almost felt kind of odd because it was outside of my vision. Right. Like when yeah. I to the wall kind of so it was sort of uh, um went home after that and wait then, wait 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 trevor oh, who are you who are you talking to because like as you were you were saying that you're a pretty hard extrovert and you were talking 
continue to talk. Were you talking to the person who worked there or yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was an expert? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I yes. was like, were you, or were you just talking to yourself? The ergonomicist. <laughs> the ergonomicist. Yeah. No, no, no. I was talking to like the sale. Uh, there was like a salesperson there, right? Yeah. For the office store. What was their reaction? Like, Oh fuck. Are you okay? <laughs> or like, yeah, they were like, Oh geez. Like that is, that is not good. Yeah. Um, like it, you clearly smoked your head. Yeah, like you know, your glasses are off to the side like that, right? Like it's, it's not a, it's not yeah. a mild. Not to mention the fact that you said that you're a weightlifter, so I just imagine your 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 legs are jacked and like <laughs> like what they say when you're like standing up because I used to do some weightlifting too, and and what they would say is like really like drive up with your legs. So I'm just imagining yeah. that you do that when you do everything. So you're like you're getting yeah. out of yeah. the ergonomic chair, <laughs> just dr- pile driving your head into this. Yeah. Piece oh of yeah, concrete. yeah, just absolutely back squatting yourself into it, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Glad we clarified that. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, initially it wasn't, it wasn't as bad. And then I remember going home after that and kind of returning at the time I was working from home and um, I started getting kind of, kind of like nauseous and like dizzy kind of, um, I never threw up or anything like that, but mm. um, I, I began to get kind of dizzy and um I ended up kind of taking, you know, by the time lunch rolled around, I was sort of, this was about nine in the morning. So by the time lunch rolled around, I was really feeling kind of a bit, a bit out of it. So I, Mm. I kind of took the afternoon off. um, And I realized like I'd kind of hit my head and I was like, well, you know, um, I should go get this checked out. So I ended up going to like our urgent care. um, And of course this was during, you know, obviously during the, the middle of COVID. Right. So, um, I ended up waiting there. I, I remember talking to um, sitting there. I think it, it was quite a few. It was a fair number of hours we were in the in the ER, um, yeah. and then or the urgent care, and then um, ended up getting taken in. Um, I do remember having this like long conversation, like just being kind of in and out. I don't remember exact. I don't remember reading anything. Just kind of sitting there, and then I went went in. Um, they did a CT scan. Said it looked fine. Um, but then they sort of said that I had kind of a mild concussion, um, which they defined because like I hadn't like knocked myself out or anything like that. But oh, they said, sure. you know, um, and it was it was actually just a very brief kind of instructions. It was and, you know, the hospital's pretty, pretty busy. Right. So I think they were just no screens. Stay, you know, watch away from light and take it easy. Mm. Which I feel like is probably sort of standard when someone comes yeah. in with like a a, a, yeah. a a minor concussion. It's like, OK, well, you know, um, there's not much we can do, uh, you know, don't, uh, d- don't spend too much time on your phone or, or watching TV, try to avoid light, uh, you know, like, did they say anything about like, don't, don't, uh, like c- be cautious about going to sleep or anything like that? I know that there's like something. They didn't say to be cautious going to sleep. Cause I think they did a few assessments like for your, your strength and stuff. And then sure. they also, and I was still like. I walked to the hospital 20 minutes. So they were like, okay, like your, your balance is still mm-hmm. there to some extent. Like, mm-hmm. um, but, um, yeah, they didn't really, um, there wasn't a lot to say kind of at that, at that point. Um, it's, it's pretty crazy that, 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 you know, obviously we haven't dug into it yet, but you, we, we, you know, we know that you, you, you're dealing with post-concussion syndrome and that something can affect you a year into the future. But at the moment that you like are assessed at the hospital, that we just haven't been able to figure out how to determine that that might happen. Mm-hmm. You know that mm-hmm. that, that because I, I've been assessed for concussions many times, and I've I've had I've had many small concussions through sports and stuff, and have never dealt with any post concussion syndrome. But I have had friends that have had you know a single concussion and have dealt with it for for years, and mm-hmm. it's like it. It almost seems like, it almost seems like it's a total toss-up. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's a, it's like a, it's just like a lottery draw of who. Of, it seems like, like what, and some, 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 some knocks to the head, very innocuous, you know, mm-hmm. not, not bad seeming at all. And then you have this, you know, you have these horrible, this, these horrible symptoms afterwards. Some knocks to the head are, yeah, really horrible, and you know, you're, you're, you're fine. Jeez, Taylor, it's almost <laughs> like you have identified why it's so hard for them to tell how intense or serious it's going to be. But, <laughs> but, but, what I, but it is, cra- like it they, is crazy that there's no rhyme or reason. I know, to it. right? And it's crazy <laughs> that with like some of the, some of the really amazing imaging machines that we have yeah. that you can't, yeah. that the, that it's not going. 
that, that they can't at least say like, hmm, you know, maybe you're at a higher risk for some post-concussion like yeah. for some some post-concussion syndrome symptoms yeah yeah very much i very much got the feeling that the scan will be like congratulations you're not about to die like there's no you know <laughs> there's no you know you don't have an embolism in your brain and there's no um but it does kind of and you do want to get that checked out right because obviously yeah. if you have one swelling in the brain or something that's not something you you, you sleep off very easily right mm. so um, yeah but I, I suppose too we, again we're talking about an injury that's happening to a a part of the body that scientifically, um, you know, I feel like we we still are so far behind yeah. in truly understanding. It's like, like the depths of the yeah. ocean. Yes, yeah, like the yeah. you know the brain is is a really as far as we've come in terms of you know technological advances and 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 the way that science is able to like um, you know f- figure out how certain or parts of the body and organs work. Like the brain is one that we're. Again, it is. It's like the it's like the ocean. It's one of those things where it's like we know a lot of fucking shit about space, but the ocean, we're still kind of like, oh, I don't, and we, we really, yeah, we really only yeah. know like a, a lot about what's like ten feet under the surface. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, but the brain is uh, it's a mystery. Um, yeah, a bit of a black box. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, now I know that like you know, so so of course uh, we're at the point in the story where you, you go get checked. They they sort of give you this uh, this very vague and and sort of um, you know. Uh, minor sort of recommendations of no screens, be, you know, watch, watch out for <laughs> bright lights. Um, yeah. uh, it's ironic. But, but you, you end up, you end up with just a wild batch of symptoms. And I, and I mean like symptoms that I feel like we haven't even heard from, from when we've spoken to people that have had very severe concussions, electrical concussions, um, concussions from like really intense brain trauma. Um, what, at what point did you start to, uh, start to notice that like, okay, what the fuck, something's going on here. And this seems, this seems a little bit more grandiose than just some minor concussion bump on the head or at least what you were expecting. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, and before I, I jump into that, I also just want to mention like to kind of bookmark for this too, like I'm, I'm really privileged. Like I have a lot of really close friends, close family, um, financially secure stuff like that, that like a lot of those, those, I had a lot of sort of supports throughout Mm. this whole sort of process. Um, and, and a lot of what I was kind of going through, the part of me was always thinking like, man, imagine if I, like, if I didn't have this, how much, just how much harder life is Mm, without the social safety net, without the support, without a really supportive workplace, all that. So, um, probably kind of, got me though in I know in the first few days the first couple of days I was I, I definitely got became more and more out of it like I know I, I live with a roommate and he was kind of telling me like you know I, I normally like to talk and we'll have two three hour discussions about philosophy video games you know whatever um and I remember like five minutes every after like five minutes I'd start kind of I'd be repeating sentences and kind of stringing together words and stuff like that <coughs> and that um, that happened for the first couple of days. And I remember kind of canceling everything off my schedule and stuff like that. And, um, but within a couple of days that kind of went away, like the brain fog and kind of the, the difficulty speaking and all the cognitive stuff kind of did actually just like improve within a couple of days. Um, I guess the first thing that was really kind of odd was, and I'm trying to remember the exact timeline on it, but I kind of, um, Within the first few days, though, I started to see kind of I could see sort of sound when it happened. So, like, I know I remember my roommate walking around in front of me, and I could see like little black squares kind of where he was walking. Whoa! It's synesthesia. Synesthesia is that how that's? Uh, yeah, yeah. Synesthesia. Yeah, I, can, yeah. I have a hard time with that 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 word. Obviously, yeah. I'm not even going to try it. <laughs> and, and it wasn't like to absolutely everything. It just seemed like there was sort of selective things where like it, 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 definitely my vision seemed to be kind of the, one of the things that was affected. Um, but I remember seeing that. I remember one night sitting in bed and my, my condo kind of shifted or and made that kind of bang sound, you know, when your house is settling. Um, and I remember like just in my left eye, just seeing stars in like a, in the black of blackness of space. And just if it sat there for like 10 seconds. And I remember sitting there being like, okay, okay. I'm seeing the universe functioning. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like stop, uh, you know, stop it, damn it, right? Yeah. Uh, was, that, yeah. was that scary for you or was it kind of like mesmerizing? 
I think probably a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. Yeah, like yeah. You know, you're sitting alone in your bed and you're like, I am seeing stars. And yeah, yeah. We, we in see, one, it was in one eye, so like my other eye, I'm still seeing the room. Right? Yeah, yeah. And when you see that shit, like on on like a tab of LSD, you're like, this is mesmerizing. I was expecting this. <laughs> yeah. When you're just laying in bed uh, after bumping your head, it's kind of like. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what is this? Yeah, yeah. So that that went on for a few weeks kind of on and off. And and then it actually did, thankfully, that, that symptom kind of went away. Um, but again, it was one of those things where um, I remember a doctor initially sort of telling me where they're like, it's, it's a brain injury. Like, it can do all sorts of things, right? Um, and I remember having really, really long and detailed dreams. Like normally I'm one of those people who just dreams maybe twice or three times a year. But I remember for the first three or four months, it was like every single night, like all night. And especially for the first days or for some of it, when you're not getting a lot of simulation, like I just remember like remembering a lot of the details at the time. And I just remember like, especially at the start, it was a lot of nightmares because it's kind of reflecting your emotional state. And I remember it just being like every morning waking up and being like, well, that was like, the worst Netflix show ever. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you feel like, do you feel like when you dream sometimes when I have, I, I dream, I dream almost every night. Um, but sometimes I'll have a certain type of dream where if it's, if it's too, if it's, if my dream is too much like my actual life, then I'll actually wake up and I'll feel like I didn't actually sleep. Did you feel like, un, did you ever feel like you did? Like That's so weird. Like you hadn't, <laughs> like you hadn't gotten rest because of the vividness of the dreams. I, that's really hard for me to answer. Um, I do remember feeling kind of exhausted all the time, but I think that was also like a symptom of yeah. um, post-concussion. So it's really, I'm not trying to dodge the question. I just, um, it's also relatively new to me. Like, again, I'd have a dream. I'd remember my dreams maybe once, twice, three times a year. Mm-hmm. And then it was like just consistently like every night. Yeah. Um, it did get shorter, but I remember that initially it was just like full length movies kind of going on. So it was just really, I was struck by kind of the the acuteness of them and the intensity of them. Um, I, I remember going to see a counselor for a bit just because sometimes the dreams can be really heavy. And when they're that time and they're kind of walking through that, that was helpful. Yeah. And, um, and I know that you had mentioned in your in your application that a lot of these dreams were were actually like like really vivid, horrifying nightmares. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I won't go into them so much, but, you know, I imagine, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not a big horror movie kind of person, but you know, your worst horror movie mixed with your worst disaster movie. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Kind of thing. And that's Jeremy's favorite movie. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. 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 Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. It was, so it was just a lot. And, I, and again, I won't really go into the details, but it was just, it was a lot of that. And because it was every night consistently, it was kind of heavy to get through. Um, mm. Interestingly enough, like it, and then after, but I, I did work it out through um, some counseling and, and it kind of took the, the edge off of them. And then after that, they were just kind of, I'd still dream every night, but they were kind of just all over the place, sort of, sort of slight stories. But initially they were a lot heavier. And then it seemed like after a couple of weeks, they, and, and working through that, they got lighter. Were you, were you seeing a, a counselor before you had your concussion or was this sort of like the first time that you decided to speak to somebody about what you were experiencing? That, that was going, well, be, especially, I, I wasn't before. Um, this was something uh, just to address this specific thing. And mm-hmm. at the time, too, my symptoms got aggravated by conversation and stuff like that. So it was always sort of this balancing mm-hmm. act of, like, how how much, you know, do you want to push yourself? But you need to, at the same time, you need to, to deal with this thing. So it was a couple of sessions, and it worked out really well. Mm-hmm. And so how how, like, how, like, socially and professionally debilitating is this at the time like in this first this first like couple weeks are you like are you like holy shit i can't i can't do anything because so, of so for this so for the first week i was uh, i was off pretty much and then i did a very gradual um <laughs> i was working like two hours a day um my job's very flexible i can work from home um i can do phone calls as opposed to zoom calls and stuff like that if i need to so i wasn't able, having to look at the screen as much mm. um but it really was like i i get these really pounding kind of headaches and stuff and i normally don't get migraines or headaches but um i remember getting them really intensely so i i was kind of chipping away i i really enjoy going to work it's it's kind of one of my happy places so you know it was it, but it so i was trying to get in like a couple hours here or there but um yeah i was off work um I was working kind of limited hours and then 
after about three weeks, um, because I went to my family doctor and initially they're like, yeah, you have a concussion, you know, if you're able to, you're, you're, you know, you're working on a reduced schedule. Um, But after about three weeks, um, my, uh, my doctor had taken, decided, you know what, I I want you to see like a specialist, a neurologist, um, because you're getting some, some symptoms that I'm not so sure about. And um, you also have some, not, not an acute injury, but just some general back and neck issues from beforehand. So like, I don't want to make it any worse and I'm not, you know, and, and to their credit, wasn't sure what was going on. Mm. So he wanted me to see a specialist, you know, and, and, um, and at that time I was kind of pulled off of work after about three weeks completely. Um, and, and then that's sort of when it kind of transitioned into kind of, um, I was told like that, and this is sort of the, the, the challenging kind of space with concussions is that, um, I was sort of at the time, I was told, you know, we, a lot of these things that exacerbate your symptoms, talking, longer conversations, um, reading, writing, um, you know, you, you should be sort of staying away from those things because they're going to make it they're, they're, they're especially because when I I'd get my symptoms high, I'd get migraines and then I'd, my vision would start to blur and they would tell me like, and so they're like, you need to sort of stay away from that because it's going to, it could add time to your recovery. Mm. Um they, you know, they said listen to podcasts and stuff, but I, when I tried listening to podcasts, I'd get the same symptoms after about 15 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Or, so it, it became a really challenging space for the next couple of months because, um, as you can imagine, like not reading, not writing, not talking to people, um, not listening to things um, really limits what you can do in the day. Yeah. Um, so... And, and again, it was, I, I want to recognize too, I'm not, this was, you know, um, a medical doctor doing their best, right? Like not being sure of the situation and needing and wanting to refer to a specialist. Obviously our, our medical system's under strain and, and having to wait. Um, so I remember kind of just every day, <laughs> it became, it really occurred to me then how challenging every day is to kind of get through. Um, so I, I ended up becoming, I remember sort of sitting in a chair and basically staring at a wall um for the subsequent next couple months um i'd go out to physiotherapy um once every week or two um, and my physio was wonderful and she gave me some help me kind of plan you know on how to get through through the weeks and and tried her best to do you know what she could um but it was really really tough um i just remember scheduling my days and especially when you're in the mindset that if I'm exacerbating my symptoms, I'm increasing the length of my recovery, which again was what I was under the impression of. It really kind of, it made for a very, very stressful situation. So I spent um, probably, I remember getting up and just, it was like a challenge to get through every minute, right? So you'd like, you know, you'd you'd go and you'd you'd have oatmeal and then you'd go for a very brief walk and then you'd sit, you know, and I remember drinking so much decaf tea, like every hour (laughs) on the hour, you know, every 15 minutes getting up, walking around the table, sitting back down um, and and just kind of like clockwork trying to, and, you know, trying to sit there and trying to remember every video game I'd ever played, every character and every, every unit, you know, like trying to just keep your mind, you know, take up the time. Right. It's totally nuts. How, how with a, with, with, if you're trying to manage post-concussion issues that all the things that would typically be the things you would do if you were, like sick or injured, like that you would do to pass the time are the things that are bad for your issues. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, you know, if I, like, some, like, you know, if, if, sometimes when I'm not feeling well, if I, if I, if I am like, Oh man, I feel like I'm coming down with a cold or something like that. There's a, there's a little slice of me that's like, Oh, there's something nice about this. Cause even though it sucks to be sick, I am going to just hang out on the couch and watch a couple movies mm-hmm. and that. And then there's whatever. a, there's a not little slice of me. That's like, <laughs> there's like a, a significant like slice a of more bigger like, slice of me. That's like sweet. But just how like <laughs> mentally challenging that would be to be, to, to go, Oh, the things that I would do to pass the time when I can't work and I, you know, have these, have, are having these issues. You've got to just kind of just be, just be <laughs> like how hard, how hard is that? Yeah. Well, there's an irony to it because I remember in my uh, when training for counseling, I remember doing a meditation training and being like, and always and meditation at the time I was always like, 
man, I, I wasn't really my thing. And I was like, man, I'd be in such hard, it, good. thank God, you know, I don't have to just sit in, a, not forced to sit in a room and just <laughs> you know, be right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it was like that. And there, I think that at the time to the challenge, and I, I want to emphasize, this is sort of my story. I don't want to say this, and, and later, as you'll find later, like there are different protocols yeah. for discussion, but this was sort of what I was under as information at the time. Um, was, you know, you'll make it if it if don't don't exacerbate the symptoms because you can make it work longer, the recovery mm -hmm. longer. Um, and then also just the uncertainty of, you know, when that appointment will be um, and, and hope and the uncertainty of how long it'll take to get over the concussion symptoms. Right. Like you're sitting there being like, man, a month ago I was, you know, <laughs> doing everything and now I'm sitting looking at a wall. Um, so. Man, it's it's so interesting to um, hear you you say that because uh, it makes me think of and and I, I'm glad that you said too that like this is like this is your story and, and the story that I'm about to tell is somebody else's and is related to me and I'm not sure how I want to preface this by saying like I'm not sure how true or right the situation was um, but when I used to coach canoeing we had this athlete who had a pretty serious concussion and was out of training for like a couple months. And when they were coming back to training, um, during practices, they continued to say like, Oh, like we get like a, a like 10th of the way into practice. And they would, they would say to me like, Oh, I, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, let's, let's get you, let's get you off the water. Let's make sure that you're resting. And then we had this training camp in, and they came to this training camp and um, I had a phone call with the doctor and the doctor was like, was like, listen, because I was concerned about like bringing this athlete to training camp and having them there mm. when I felt like they should be recovering. And the doctor was like, they, they explained to me the situation where they were like, physically, this person is recovered and their brain is sending them signals to say, not yet, not yet, not yet. Mm -hmm. But really, they actually need to push through that. And the way the doctor explained it to me was like, um, the, the example that they used was really similar to a, an experience that I had when I tore the muscle in, in my quad. Um, I was playing rugby and I tore this muscle. And, and for a year, it took, me, um, it took me a full year to recover. But really, the first, after three months, my quad muscle was mm. fine, but I couldn't mentally run because my brain was like in this like protection mode. And so the doctor, when they explained this person's situation to me, they were sort of like using that reference that like, oh, they're recovered, they're ready to push through now, but their brain is going to be resistant to that. So it's okay if you push them. Mm. Um, like, That's like you I, know, when within I broke reason. my pelvis, I yeah. walked with a limp when I, that didn't exist because my brain was like, you need to take care of this my brain was going, it's, you're not ready. This oh, I thought your yeah. lawyer told you to do that just to make sure you got the most out of the, uh, out of the settlement. <laughs> no, my lawyer, I don't, I didn't have that kind of lawyer. Thank God. Um, but that's I'm, a I'm joke, folks. That's, that's a uh, joke. Tre Trevor, I'm, I'm asking, I w I'm curious if at all during your experience, I know that th this isn't your experience to this point, but I'm curious if you've ever heard of anything like that. Like, Oh, like, sometimes it can be helpful to push through. And I know that that's like really hard to even have this conversation because I mean, if somebody's listening to this and they're like, Oh, I wonder if I can push through. No, don't <laughs> listen to your doctor. Medical advice <laughs> from medical professionals. Did, did you ever hear anything like that? Yeah. Later on, I think when I saw the neurologist, I began to, to push more actively and do things. Um, the thing I, I, I guess to sort of emphasize, I've definitely heard things like that before. Um, mm -hmm. my, I mean, I'm a pretty type A sort of person, but I also tend to follow medical advice because I was always like, I just want to recover as quick as possible, right? Um, totally. Um, but for sure, like the recovery process, you're, you're, um, I could imagine that like if you're, you're so used to, you know, not uh, using it or something like that, that your brains kind of takes time to kind of acclimate. Um, mm -hmm. I know for myself, um, it was interesting. You try to make the best with kind of what you have. So I remember trying to working out with my physio that I could have like, because again, a lot of things would just spike my symptoms. So initially, you know, I was very much like, let's push, try before I was taken off work completely. I was trying to push through really hard. And I just remember like, 
my vision kind of blurring and like lying, like it's and just this overwhelming exhaustion, kind of like you hadn't slept for a couple of days, mm-hmm. but it hits you just out of nowhere kind of idea. Like it's, it was something like I, I, you know, um, I've done three degrees. I've done, I'm a marathon runner before. Like I'm used to that, like, you know, go, go, go. But it was something, it was just, it was struck me as like the symptoms were just so intense like there it's sort of like running trying to push against a wall sort of yeah thing. and as a marathon runner you're very familiar with what that wall is like and getting through <laughs> the other side yeah, yeah yeah like i remember using when i was sitting in that chair for those months like started using strategies that i learned like um there's a trick in my you play in your mind where you don't count uh you count um how was it you count forwards before you count backwards so if you just start running your marathon and you're like 20 some miles to go 20 some miles to go, you know 23 mm, 26 25 mm. 24 if you count backwards it's, it's it's just overwhelming so i'd always start the day off being like okay, okay bedtime's at 10 but like really i just need to make it to noon and then lunch is going to be good and then you know you don't mm-hmm. count how many hours you have remaining in the day you count how many till noon how many mm. till three and then you're like mm-hmm. oh man almost six hours till till bedtime that's awesome so um and then I guess the next part where it got kind of different was um, I remember late October, I started getting this weird sort of, and it'd been kind of building, but I kind of had like um, almost like a thumping behind the, the my left eye. Um, I don't know how else to describe it. It was almost sort of like a hammer and chisel. And it was just, it was sort of this, it was like my migraine was almost like intensified right there. My headache was intensified Oof. right there. And I don't, it sort of snuck up on me. Like, again, I don't remember exact, but I remember in late October, I started getting this sensation where it was there all the time. And then when I, whenever I'd rest my head against anything like a pillow, a bed, you know, couch or anything, I just get this like overwhelming pain. Like it felt like horse hooves hitting in the back of my head and my vision would instantly start to blur and spots would start appearing and like the room would start kind of melting. And then if I put my head away from it, I was fine again. But it just created this like extremely intense pain. Um, and it kind of came just like probably a m- little over a month after. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I ended up going to the hospital for that um, just because I remember staying up all night from the pain one night. Like I just couldn't. I was trying to, you know, do the deep breathing, find like a space <laughs> where it's like I'm looking for a space where the pain is not 11 out of 10. Right. Mm. Um, and um I ended up going to the hospital. Um, they took, to, to their credit, took me and did, you know, did a bunch of checks, still didn't really find anything, said it could be some type of intense migraine. So they, they gave me some injections, um, some uh, IVs. And then um, afterwards, um, they gave me like a, a medication. It was like a nerve pain blocker. And to the credit, that that actually took away a lot of the, the pain. Mm. Um and I was I was actually quite glad for that because I know by that point it was about a month into sitting in that chair, and um, I know I'd actually had to go to physio at one point for a repetitive strain injury from drinking so much tea just every thirty no. minutes on the thirty minutes. So I had kinesis tape going down my arm. Concussions <laughs> <laughs> like, are rough. Um, but, um, um, Everyone thinks it, you're just a professional beer drinker. Like you, you're, yeah, at the, yeah. you're at the beer drinking Olympics. <laughs> yeah. So so I remember having that. Um, so then I was on that medication and it controlled the pain. The only problem was I started getting kind of this, the thumping, kind of the spasming and twitching. It started kind of in the back of my head and then kind of ran down my spine into my arms and my legs. Mm. And it kept getting kind of stronger and stronger. And I remember about a month and a half in, um, it, it really um, started interfering with my sleep more and more and more. And it wasn't something extremely visible. But I remember like when I was sitting in the chair, if I put something on my head, I could see it kind of moving slight like continuously kind of like a twitch oh, well kind of like like almost like the like like when you see like when you see someone's heart beating through their neck you know like just that little yeah. sort of like yeah and i was like okay i'm not i'm not crazy like i can see the the movement um but i remember it just keeping me it started really um kind of keeping me up at night like i just be up kind of most of the night because it wasn't it wasn't like a you know wild flailing or anything but it was like someone going like this every almost in time with your pulse just like every second kind of right did you ever think Um, that it could be um like a poltergeist or like that you might be possessed or something like that (laughs) no i i I figured like you know um 
what is it? The system of diagnosis, most obvious case to leave, you know, to leave. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'd, uh, I'm not sure. Very what pragmatic. Con- I'm not sure what type of consult I'd have to get for that. Um, <laughs> Exorcism. I know someone. Uh, uh, I got a number. Uh, uh, a somebody in the clergy. <laughs> it's a priest. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and, and one thing actually during this whole time, um, I, I felt really supported by. I've done a lot of interfaith work, so actually, I, I am. I do have friends from a, a bunch of different faiths. So I do volunteering with. Um, you know, different organizations and stuff. So I was actually, one thing that was really helpful is people kept sending me like thank you cards, which I know obviously I get dizzy reading, but I get my roommate to like, you know, Mm. read out the cards. Um, (laughs) And I remember running out of space on my shelves um, to like hold them all. So I started like putting them on like bulletin boards and stuff like that. Um, That's sweet. Walls and walls of like these, like, I'm like, oh man. And so I was, I was like, you know, people were caring about me, but it's tough when they like, this guy can't talk to people. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and then I remember after a certain point, I just remember in mid November, at some point I started one day, I just started hearing like, um, this will sound really silly, but like the sound of like Mario running through coins. If anyone remembers that, like, yeah, that. yeah. Ding, ding, yeah. Ding, ding. especially when he goes into like those bonus rooms where he's just yeah. like through a ton of coins. And I remember yes. hearing it periodically while I'm sitting in the chair. Um, and at first I thought it was like something catching in my vent or something like that. Like, you know, sometimes in the house making the clinking and I remember going around and hearing this and it kind of, it would kind of come and go. And this was about a month and a half in, I guess, to sort of just sitting in this chair. Um, and then I remember other sounds just start, there was this really, um, I remember hearing like periodically almost like a church organ sound, kind of like a, and then it would stop. Wow. Oh, that's they're sitting there being like, this is this is not good. And at first it sort of came and gone. And I always thought, well, it's like concussion recovery. Like your brains do it, maybe making memories or sounds. I, I didn't know. Um, and, and the weirdest one was there was this really particular chord that kept coming out. It was like, da-na-na-na, da-na-na-na, da-na-na. And I remember sitting there for like days being like, that sounds vaguely familiar. And then... One day oh. it kind of hit me. I was, I'm not sure if you guys played a lot of video games growing up, but no, I, not a single one. I can see a Mortal Kombat arcade in the background. Yeah, I see the Mortal Kombat machine in the background, so I see you guys are classically trained. So, um, <laughs> but, we love video games. Yeah, yeah but I remember hit, hitting me. I remember telling my roommate, I was like, can you just pull up the original soundtrack for Battle Tanks? On N64. Oh, yeah. And the first song from the first thing, just that first chord was it. And I was like, wow. this is not good. This is wow. not. This concussion good. has reached into the depths of yeah. your world. Yeah. 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 Really strange. So, and I remember though, at a certain point, it kind of hit me. I, I did a, and again, like, I'm, I was always kind of balancing not reading anything, not writing anything, but also trying to like, you know, obviously mm. keep yourself going, right? So mm. I remember doing a, it hit me one night where I did a quick search where I'm like, symptoms of long-term sleep deprivation. Huh. Of course, auditory um, hallucinations or psychosis is um, a symptom of it, right? And I yeah. remember sitting there being like, I and I remember thinking, when is the last time I slept through the night? And I was like, never. I, I was getting maybe two hours of sleep a night, maybe. And then in one hour here, 30 minutes out of their night, and I was like, when is the last time I looked, I was thinking back, I'm like, when is the last time I actually got like a decent night's sleep? And it was like, I don't, I don't remember like weeks maybe. Wow. Um, and then it kind of sort of switched in my mind where I'm like, what if the, like, maybe this is just me not sleeping at all because the, the, the sort of the spasming in my body that's sort of keeping me up all night. Um, so I remember going back to the, the, the urgent care and I remember the first time getting a doctor who said, you know, maybe it's just anxiety. And I was like, and I, I treat anxiety for a living. Like, I'm pretty sure this isn't it. Um, <laughs> but um, I went back a second time and kind of told them the symptoms again and, and was, you know, um, and again, I don't recommend doctor shopping or anything like that. It was just in my experience that the anxiety wasn't sort of the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and they gave me um, one uh, anti-convulsant or anti-spasm uh, medication. And um, it was interesting because they said, oh, it has about a seven hour window or something. And I remember taking it and then I slept for seven hours straight. Oh, wow. And I woke up again with the thumping kind of. Was feeling. it gabapentin? Did they give you gabapentin? That was later on. No. Oh, okay. Um, and I 
ended up sleeping for like exactly seven hours and then waking up again and being like, and of course the sound, because at that point I was getting really desperate. Like I had like the world's worst DJ in my head. So I was hearing like <laughs> the church organ, a semi-truck horn, that battle tanks riff and like Mario coins just alternating and stacking on top of them. Oh, Jesus Christ. And like, I, I, I live right outside a bus stop. So like normally there's a bus idling. And I remember like those sounds like overpowering the sound of the bus idling and, oh and my God. that and the shaking, you're like, I can't sleep, you know, I have a, mm -hmm. at all. So I remember, though, the second I slept over that night, the audio stuff went way down. And then wow. thankfully I saw a specialist at that the day, two days after. And that's when they put me on, uh, yeah, gabapentin, which controlled the pain and the, the shaking. Mm -hmm. And within, like, um, between that and the medication I had before, within a, I slept through the night for three days and then the audio stuff all went away. Wow. Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you got your podcasts. I don't, I'm not familiar with the central tremor. If you could just like kind of give us a little rundown on what that, what that means. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to give it kind of at a very broad level. Cause again, I'm not all this neurological stuff is kind of new for me too. Um, but to me, it's usually kind of begins gradually. It tends to worsen with movement. So like when I'm grabbing my coffee mug, it tends to, to shake more. Um, but essentially it's sort of, um, it's sort of, it, it, it basically it can kind of affect different parts of the body, often the head, the arms, sometimes it says occasionally the legs, but um, yeah, it essentially makes your, your body kind of shake and it's progressive. So it gets worse over time. The way it was explained to me was like that it, a lot of people have some degree of tremoring in their body just naturally, but for some people it becomes more and more pronounced and, mm. and often as people age, especially, um, that tends to be, um, you know, something more so, but people can get it younger as well. Mm. Um, so I wasn't diagnosed with essential tremor at the time, but that was kind of what kept going on. And they thought, well, maybe it could also be some type of migraine that's can do a lot of different things, can numb parts of the body, can make you spas make it spasm. So, mm. um, thankfully my, I, I saw the specialist and they were like, you, you need to start, um, basically, um, starting to push against uh, your point um you know earlier that you need to start doing things to mm, push against mm. the symptoms you know you have some other medical stuff you know a, a more a more depth in-depth history but like for the con for the concussion you need to start doing things um in order to you know mm. gradually build on that which i was like perfect for some reason the only thing that jumped into my mind at the time was from weightlifting culture there's like this thing called five by five program where it's like mm -hmm. you gradually progressively build up kind of and i was like oh i, I can absolutely do that mm. <laughs> and that was in probably two and a half two months out um so i started doing things gradually trying to get back into it and i remember like trying to write and it, it, even thank you cards that christmas was coming up so my my family brought me some cards. I really enjoy writing cards for people. Like it's something I get a lot of joy out of. Mm. And they brought me some cards to write. And I remember having to space it out because I'd write like five minutes and then my vision would start to blur on my eye. And my one people gets bigger sometimes than the other. It's like Horner syndrome. Uh. Uh, so that I remember sitting down and being like, okay, and keeping a log and trying to gradually build myself up and up over the course of December. Um, I, I obviously have these glasses that I use when I look at screens. Um, I always, I try to make it a joke when I'm seeing clients and stuff or students that, you know, the particulars of my medical condition require I look like Elton John at all times. <laughs> I was wondering about your glasses and if they were, if they were specific to like your symptoms, are, are they, yeah. are they blue blocking glasses? Is that what um, they're, they're, they're like, a, they're like a rose tinted goggles or glasses that kind of, yeah, they're, they're meant to block out a certain percentage of the light. So these are 50%. I tell students that they push me too hard. I pull out my bonos, which are seventy five percent. And those make you and those make you faster. You know what? I gotta say though, I stole a pair of my girlfriend's glasses, and they're rose tinted. And when I wear them, I it's really hard to take them off because. 
The yeah, world, the world really does look nice. So much nicer. <laughs> yeah, like, and and I'm a pretty optimistic person, so people were always like, "Yeah, you're just self-actualizing now." You, you, know, you <laughs> wear the glasses that reflect. You know, you, you literally see the world. Um, and then, in a lot of ways, things started getting better. I, I had a couple of MRIs of my head and my neck, um, which ruled out like, but they, you know, um, MS and stuff like that at the mm-hmm. time, or or currently, um, and then. Um, I was very thankful to have the auditory stuff completely gone after those few days because that was a really scary couple yeah, weeks. Yeah, definitely. You just, when you can't escape the sound and it gets louder and louder, it's just and and there's no history of any of that type of stuff in my family or anything. So I remember sitting there being like, "I'm a hot like." It's this. I think it's very mm. sleep related, and of course, once I started sleeping again, that went away. Yeah. The thing um, that strikes me about that is is how you explained how it was something that popped up where you then remembered to think about how much sleep you've been getting. Because when I don't sleep, it's like all I think about is how I didn't sleep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's so central. So like, so it, like it must have been it, to, to have it go on for so long that it just becomes sort of your normal that you're not sleeping. It really speaks to how truly sleep deprived yeah you were yeah yeah like it kind of it that is absolutely true and i remember even when talking to doctors they're like okay so you're like dozing in and out and i'm like no 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 like i'm getting like maybe 20 minutes like a night like if i stack all my melatonin and all my medications at this top like so it was really that was challenging and i think again that stacked on top of like you can't talk to people you can't no reading no writing like all those like that sort of isolation with it is also um really really tough um Mm -hmm. i again um i also run a program on my computer called flux which makes the whole screen kind of orange which yes yeah right um one of the odd symptoms that came up though was um so i have a really fluffy carpet in my room and that combined with the spasming in our we had a dry winter and i just remember just having huge amounts of static in my bedroom and like going around so like i remember and I'd wake up and I'd like illuminate my bed sheets with the static. And then I remember one time later on, as I was trying to gradually add more things in, going and reaching for like I have a like an ergonomic mouse here, and it was just like the strongest amount of static I've ever felt out of my hand, and it just felt like this like bang came out of it, and it oh, just wow. fried the circuitry of my my mouse completely. Like, yeah. Whoa, do you shit. feel so like I'm, the Emperor from Star Wars? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm self actualizing Raiden from where I'm at right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so there is definitely, and again, like Rick was very supportive. I remember telling them, being like, "Yeah, I kind of shot electricity out of my hands, and I fried my mouse." I remember it powered down my monitor another time. Uh, no. Holy so shit! The, the, there was definitely a moment I remember where my. Um, a roommate had a friend over or something and they met me for the first time and I'm this was before I guess sort of right in the middle of my recovery and I remember sort of sitting in the chair um uh you know um kind of just head down kind of eyes closed you know not wanting to open any of the sound stuff and them saying you know oh this is this is my my friend and landlord Trevor uh he uh sometimes he sees sound don't get too close he shoots electricity they shook their hand and they died gave him an electrical concussion <laughs> yeah so i mean i got like a like a wrist um grounding wire for my my computer so i just when i'd sit down i'd like discharge oh, wow. it and then um, <laughs> holy fuck that's like, and then <laughs> could start working right um which, so I don't know. Wait, 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 yeah. wait. Is that a thing? Like, did you buy or, or did you just set up your own wire as a risk grounding? Oh, I, I, I bought one. Like, there's like the, a, you can get grounding wires. Yeah, <laughs> that's wild. Um, I don't think they're made for like you know. There's not like a concussion grade <laughs> wire for like, <laughs> yeah. but like it, it is known for especially people who work on like circuitry and stuff like that. Mm. And you know, um, okay. circuit boards. So I got that. Thankfully, that went away after the winter. I think the dry weather and the carpeting. It just made that a lot worse. Yeah, um, but that combined with sort of the the shaking. But I never remember looking on, trying to look online, being like, you know, concussion, static discharge. Yeah, <laughs> you know, high tremors. Um, and then after that, I I, I started returning to work. Um, again, very supportive work environment. Um, made my life a lot easier. I had you know mm. sick leave policy that covered me while I was gone. Um, and that was just not having to have that burden was really, really helpful and being flexible with, you know, gradually starting out at three hours, four hours, five hours and, and the recovery not being linear. Right. Like I was told to kind of, you know, see how it goes each time. Um, 
and and just kind of gradually building from there. I had an EEG that was, um, um, you know, clean. Um, and things have kind of gradually. There's been things that have I've gradually started adding into my life more and more. Mm. I still get these hits of migraines though that sometimes hit me if I do too much screen time in a row, or to you know for whatever reason my my brain just doesn't decide to like it me that day. That 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 hits me and that kind of mm-hmm. really prevents me from doing a lot of screen time. Um, hey. I, I, I mean, so I guess the, the, my, my first question here to, you know, as we, as we come up to time, uh, is the question that I'm sure most people have been wondering over the last, you know, 50 minutes. Um, did you end up buying the chair that you were inspecting mm-hmm. before you smoked your head? You, did. you got that one. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> and great. how is your back and neck as a result? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, things are still kind of a work in progress. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, the shaking in my body has definitely gotten stronger. Um, mm. you know, I've been dealing with some issues walking lately and, and in my neck and stuff like that. They, I've seen several specialists who say it's not MS or ALS. Um mm. It, they say it's essential tremor and chronic migraine, and I kind of have to just accept that that's where it's at. And um, I do remember um, uh, sort of that the recovery definitely has has come back, which is, is good. Um, I do remember facing some challenges sort of in the recovery. I was fighting with our, our workers' compensation board um, just because they – I thought it wasn't didn't meet the, they have a separate criteria for concussion that they said it's different from the medical community so mm. they told me it was a head contusion and a cervical <laughs> sprain that which, is so interesting yeah because mm. they're like oh and i remember being like i have so many doctors who told me it's a concussion and they're like well no it's uh you know our, our protocol contusion. isn't medical yeah 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 our protocol is and i was just which i don't want to get into that because that yeah, was yeah. not a helpful sure. experience in my yeah, life but totally. um to, to me it always felt like the analogy yeah i just it was like saying the arm's not broken because the bone isn't sticking out of it um yeah so, yeah totally uh, yeah so i remember though but yeah no since then i've started doing things that i mean i've i don't want to say i had like some drastic shift in my worldview you know um i do a lot of grief counseling um i've definitely done that you know I've had a memento. I watched your documentary, Jeremy, and you know, for myself, I've had a memento mori on my desk since my early twenties, and I've always tried to mm. treat life as you know, um, you know, I, I've always tried to to you know um, not wait, put off dreams and goals for, mm. for the mm-hmm. future. So it wasn't like I had some deep revelation about what I want to do. It was it was like you know, a lot of what I do, I find really meaningful. I do a lot of grief work. I do a lot of career work. I do climate work and environmentalism, and all those things kind of didn't really change, but I definitely began to, um, I learned a lot about chronic illness and Mm -hmm. I felt like coming back, I, I took on a contract to teach a lot of career counselors about working with people with chronic or or working with individuals who suffer from chronic illness, um, long COVID stuff like that. Mm. Um, and I, I, um, started reading a lot too about chronic illness and stuff like that. And I, I found sort of quotes that I've never, part of the reason I wanted to be here was because I found your podcast really helpful, the post-concussion stuff, but I also found, um, you know, not a story that quite matched up with mine. So mm. hopefully, you know, if this makes someone else feel less alone, I'd, I'd really, I would find that helpful. Yeah. And one of the things that you wrote in, uh, in, the the process of uh, putting this this conversation together, which I, I really loved, which is that um, you know you you really wanted to speak to the importance of not feeling alone, and you said I have I have not found stories online that match what I have, and sitting with that has been hard. H. P. Lovecraft wrote that our greatest fear is that of the unknown, and I hope that this interview, uh, I hope that in this interview that someone else will feel less alone. Which I I have mm-hmm. to say, um, you know, out of the the number of people that listen to the show on a weekly basis, um, I'm, I'm feeling pretty strong that there's at least one other person out there who's, who is hearing this totally and, mm-hmm. and definitely feels a little bit less alone. So kudos to you for, for, um, you know, having the, having the, the drive and the courage to want to sit down and, and share your story like this, because these are the types of conversations that really mean a lot to people out there who, who yeah. subscribe to, uh, to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Plus the fact that you mentioned Lovecraft. Um, yeah, yeah. That that, that's why I wanted to read that. Yeah. Um, that uh, Trevor, that one thing that I, that I would love to ask you, um, that we, we typically ask most of our guests, 
Uh, it's a two-part question. The first one is, what would you say is the biggest thing that your concussion has taken away from you? Yeah, um, so I did prepare for this. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I, I think the big thing is that it really, t- and I've heard this before, but it really takes away the ability to plan um, anything in the, to the longer. Any, and I mean, I always say in career, you don't want to be planning 20 year plans anyway, because you're not going to be the same person. But I found even like a month out, I'm like, you know, my legs have been giving me more trouble this last month. And my throat's mm. been giving me trouble. And like, it's really hard to kind of, you know, I have people asking if I want to present in conferences in January and I'm like, sure, put me on the list, but like, we'll see. Like, yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know, um, so that's been probably the hardest. And then just, um, yeah, just dealing with kind of that, that's been probably the hardest thing. It's just kind of the sense of normalcy that, 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 that it's hard to kind of adjust to, to always feel like your body's kind of your own shifting tectonic plates mm. kind of. What would you say is the biggest thing that it's given you? You know, I've always thought I was empathetic, but I feel like I've gotten a lot more empathy for people um, with chronic illness, um, for other people with chronic illness. Um, I definitely, I don't pretend to ever really understand anyone else totally as a, as a counselor, but I like to think that I've gotten, you know, a little bit closer to understanding what it's like to just, a lot of times they, they talk about like, we understand people in society is either being sick or health and, and about to die or healthy. Mm-hmm. And there's no in between, right? Mm-hmm. There's no gray area. Um, and I really gained a lot, actually, if I could go just really quickly, um, there were two books that really actually helped me. And yeah. Since your podcast plus two books kind of gave me a sense of, you know, the connection. Um, one I really loved was called what doesn't kill you by Tessa Miller. Mm. She's a health journalist and kind of advocate. And she had chronic illness at the same time I did. In, in her life, in, or she's the same age as I mean, and had a chronic illness and talked a little bit about, she had a couple of lines that really struck with me. She said, um, we grieve two versions of ourselves, the people we were before that were healthy versions and, and the healthy future versions that no longer exist. Mm-hmm. Um, she also um, talked about diagnosis not always being the first step in recovery and that chronic illness and i'm sure some of your guests i've seen mm-hmm. kind of that's not you don't go to the first doctor to get diagnosed sometimes it's sort of an ongoing process mm-hmm. and she had a really beautiful line where she said survival is a community event mm-hmm. and that was really my thing that i wanted to take was like i wasn't strong sitting in that chair for several months the reason i did okay was i had a really supportive society and i had a really supportive group of people and a workplace that helped with that like that really really was what resonated with me mm-hmm. um and the other book was uh mental and cribs living beyond pain um they have a really cool idea of um uh marginal gains where it's like you get up in the morning and it's not like your health even if your health is down a bit from the day before it's like what's one thing you can do in one aspect of your life that'll improve it by one percent mm-hmm. and i always thought that's been even when i have new symptoms or new things i ask myself what can i do in one part of my life that'll improve it by one percent and that really stuck with me Amazing. That's awesome. Well, Trevor, uh, dude, I, I, this has been, this has been a real treat. It's been such a pleasure to get to sit down and and talk to you about, uh, your experience with, with post-concussion syndrome. Uh, I, you're, you're just an absolute delight and we're, we're so grateful that you've, you've taken the time to share this with us. Um, and, uh, yeah, honestly, like I said, I, I think there's probably a few listeners out there that really appreciate hearing your story because it, it most certainly is something that will resonate. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that. And thank you, everyone, for your time. Um, If it is okay, I'll plug that I did start create. Finally, what did motivate me from this whole experience was I created a guide online called uh, An Imperfect Guide to Climate and Career, which really helps people who are dealing with climate or concerned about the climate and and wanting unsure of how they can help. And I started kind of building that out and and getting past that sense of perfectionism that it needs to be perfect to be be done. Cool, cool. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, Send that to me. I'd love to include that in the show notes. For sure. Thank you cool. so much, everyone. Yeah, thanks, thanks dude. Everyone. Thank you so much. Yeah, take care. Well, there you go, folks. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. As always, we are coming at you Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And if you are a fan of the podcast and you want to support the podcast, there's a number of ways you can do that. First of all, you can leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. 
We love reading them. You can simply rate the podcast on the Spotify mobile app, if that's where you're listening. Or if you want to join the conversation, hop on over to our Discord. The link is in the show notes of this episode. And uh, we have a lovely little community over there of sickos and non-sickos all hanging out, chatting. And uh, hey, you could even help produce the podcast over there if you want. You can, again, find that link in the show notes below. Sick Boy Podcast is produced and co-hosted by myself, Jeremy Saunders, Taylor McGilvery, and Brian Stever. The show is managed by Jeffrey Lonis over at Talent Bureau. The sound design of this episode is brought to you by Donovan the CPAP Morgan. And, of course, the theme music is from the band Take Part. That is it for this week. I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.